This podcast is a Tofop production. Head to tofop.com for more. The following episode of Tofop is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. Tofop advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Dope Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Once again, uh, our new way of counting down the show where the uh, Riverside, is that what this is called? Riverside mm-hmm. is what we yep. record this on. Um, they do a little, like it's a little electronic computer countdown on the screen. But we've also, just to recreate our old days, got Podcast Mike to announce the episode title and then do the countdown. Mm. But once again... Uh, we've just started the countdown and podcast Mike has had to jump in quickly while we were mid-sentence to still get it done, to still nail it to the, like to the post, like in the old days of being a, um, like a radio DJ, that was, they do a lot of their breaks, you know, pre-recorded now. So you can just edit it in. So the music starts exactly when you stop talking, but it used to be one of the great radio skills that you could Mm. feel to the post. So if an intro, you'd have to know that like, this song crazy in love or whatever has like a 15 second instrumental intro before the vocals kick in and you had all the way up there going you know good morning sydney the traffic's crazy out there and i'll tell you what else is crazy love bang <laughs> and the, you know <laughs> that that was like the big skill of being a radio dj but i think that has gone a little bit i remember coming in to chat with you and adam a couple of times and like being distracted, like noticing that Adam's eyes were not on me towards the end of the chat, that he was watching the clock and that was exactly what he was doing. But it was so precise. I'm like, he's not listening to me. Why are his eyes no. drifting up to the clock, the second hand on the clock? So five, four, three, two, and we're out. Well, the problem with that is that particularly with Triple J, we had national news. So oh. what we would have to go to is at eight o'clock on the dot. There was no sort of, we at our half an hour news, you could sort of say, well, let's do that at like, you know, 7.29 or 7.34, depending on when the song finished or the chat finished or whatever. You had some flexibility with that. But the news at the top of the hour has to actually literally time out at the top of the hour because Triple J is a um, national radio station and part of it's played on delay, of course. They don't, you know, the, the 6 a.m. show that starts in Sydney isn't the 6 a.m. show uh, when it comes to, um, you know, what's happening in Perth. Like, Perth, they, that, yeah. well, they time shift it to 6am. So they have to do that with the news as well. And it had to be perfectly timed to four minutes. So the news always had to fit that four minutes to come back into programming as well. And so absolutely, in the last 30 seconds of any chat that was up to the news, you lost that completely. <laughs> you had that real thing of somebody absolutely concentrating on something else and just going, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. I could have been saying anything. Hitler had yeah. some great ideas. Yep. 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 <laughs> it's like that scene in Wayne's World too, where they go to promote Wayne Stock and Harry Shearer's the DJ, yeah. and he's just clearly not listening, and he's like, "Yeah, work is hard." <laughs> it's just like these pre-programmed radio DJ responses. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Work is hard. 
the worst one is because I I I had in my contract that I should not touch the buttons because even back then, Charlie, even twenty five years ago, I was aware of my limitations when it comes to the world of technology. So, it was written into my contract that I I didn't have to push buttons, and partly that was because. If you were a button pusher, they could make you work four-hour shifts on a public holiday. But if you were a person who couldn't push their own buttons, you relied on another person to push the buttons, day yeah. off. So yeah. that was in my contract. But one morning, Adam had to go to the bathroom. And this is the old days of CDs because he would oh, have to yeah. go in in the morning and collect the CDs from the CD library. And so he had a CD loaded in the CD machine. And all I had to do when it got to 8.04, so this is what it, the instructions he left me with. If I'm not back by 8.04, you've just got to push this one like red button. Like th- th- he'd set up everything else. I literally just had to press one button just but on the dot of like 8.04, you've got to push this red button if I am not back. And he got back at 8.03.30 and found me with my finger hovered over the button. <laughs> like th- a good th- and I reckon I'd been there for at least another 15 seconds before he walked in. So at least 45 seconds beforehand, I was right there with my finger on the button and just staring intently <laughs> at the clock. So the fact that he managed in the time we worked together to get a few, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, good out while he was doing that is a miracle <laughs> to me. I remember the Triple J CD library because I did a couple of, um, what are they called, mid-dawns where you do the, you know, the graveyard uh-huh. shift. Yeah. And so I'd be given like, you know, the tracks I had to play over my shift and you go to the library and it was literally like that end scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just like shelves and shelves filled with CDs and you just go along and, and, and find the appropriate song. And I was thinking about that physical media and, and what's changed in the last 20 years and just that experience of like wandering through. It's so different to sitting with your streaming service and right. flicking through you know, movie posters and trailers and stuff. Like I say to Jem, that thrill of it being Friday night, you're 14 or 15, you and your mates go to the video store and you're going to pick like, you know, one overnight and five weeklies. And so then like the negotiation of what you're going to look at and reading the back cover and, you know, potentially you're going to see tits in this one. So that, that has to go in. <laughs> so you know, can we, can we get basic instinct or is the guy going to call our bluff? And like, it wasn't just about watching the movie. It was that whole kind of selection process that I think you needed to be in that space. It's a video store. There's things on the shelf. There's movie posters. There's other people around. So it's a slight competition because there's only so many overnight, you know, copies of uh, well, here's, uh, Navy here's Seals. How, here's how I shelf. think. Here's how I think there might be an appeal to the metaverse. Right? Is I think around these things that used to be. Like, I'm, I mean, I can imagine enjoying a metaverse or like a augmented reality version of in my iPod or in my Netflix, instead of flicking through the shows on Netflix in the categories, you had the option to sort of put on your headset and then suddenly you are in the equivalent of an old school video library or CD mm. library where you can leaf through, you know, you get that sensation of being at the record store before choosing mm. it. You can kind of actually like flick through records in that augmented reality way i i I get that or if you wanted to say watch a movie with a friend so if you and a friend are in a different place but you want to watch a movie together the idea that you could put your headsets on and go into this augmented reality and sort of meet up choose a video you know choose a stack of videos and then like have that communal experience is something that i think because we're not getting 
the old things back. Like we're not, yeah. there's no reason that we're getting video stores back. So mm. I guess the only place that I could see a, is, is that an experience that people would like, do you think? Well, I guess the question is, are you recreating an experience from the past? Yeah. For instance, if it is, hey, we're going to meet up and see a movie, then there's no mobile phones in this augmented reality. You just have to kind of log on at the right time. And if you're late, your friend's been logged on for 15 minutes, they're just going to head into the cinema without you. Like, I don't think it works if it's just it's too slick and convenient and you know there's a help button and all that kind of stuff because well how, how about this the, then an aug- augmented reality called the olden days for people who miss <laughs> how things were in the olden days and you can, well, can just we just specifically in. say the 90s because that's that's what we're talking about well, i just want the 90s to come back i feel like we start with the 90s because that's okay. our specialist area that's what our company yeah. is built on but it's like the good old days for anyone who's always like i want to live like it was in the good old days before this you can ironically use this augmented reality (laughs) to enter a world where none of this stuff actually exists i do think yeah if you could give me like i've never really seen the appeal of like these altered realities but if you suddenly said to me you can go and spend like every night when you go home instead of um, like sitting down in front of the television, you can put on this headset and you can go and see Nirvana or you can mm. like go, go and have some, like go and see Reality Bites for the first time and re- think it's a good movie. Go back to those days. <laughs> oh, 100%. When I was watching Get Back, in my head, I'm like, because have you seen Get Back? Have you watched all of it? I've, I haven't watched all of it, but I've watched enough of it to get the oh, gist. Like I loved it. Jem is not even really a big Beatles fan, but but she also kind of just like fell in love with it because it's just the the way they create this sense of intimacy and it feels like you're in a room with the Beatles. Like I remember when we were driving home to see the last episode, Jim and I were like, I can't wait to hang out with our friends, the Beatles again, because <laughs> it just <laughs> like it, because the, the, the way they had color corrected it and, you know, the CGI made it feel so real, like it was shot today, the fashion and, and then just the intimacy and the way that they, there was no talking heads. You literally just in the studio hearing these guys nut these things out. And I was like, oh, this, I started thinking, oh, this is what we're going to go to in the future. Like they're going to recreate like the Beatles recording session for Let It Be. And you'll be able to plug in your augmented reality with 360 degree view. You'll be able to look around the studio. There's George over there. There's John and Yoko smacked out on the floor over there. You know, there's Paul talking to George Martin or whatever it is. And you can just have that experience. So I think you know, the way that Google cameras work now and maps and, uh, you know, these 360 degree cameras, why wouldn't they just film every grand final or every concert and then log that so that you're right. If you want to go back and, you know, see, you know, for instance, um, I don't know, five <laughs> <laughs> perform at the Rudy Hill RSL, you can do it. Well, um, I mean, but you could go back to the glory days of five. Yeah. Like maybe well, no, but that's could, the thing though. That could be your... Unless there is... Unless there is, oh, I guess so. Like, I guess they could take because there is concert footage from those of those right. guys playing, exactly. and definitely bands like Nirvana and stuff. So, if if there was some way that they could just, I mean, I don't think that you could get like the five, like full five experience. Like, you can't talk to them in, in that sense. But you could no, you'd be a passive like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to think that you could actually play, like, I mean, that you would be be, be able to play one of the people in the room. So whether you wanted to be smack okay. out Yoko or if you wanted to be Jay because you already know all the raps, like you would be able to actually kind of plug yourself in 
so that you're yes. like, you know, so for the grand final, the appeal is, yes, it would be great to go back and experience that grand final as a spectator, but it'd be even better to go back and experience that grand final as one of the players on the field. Like imagine about- if, like, if, if there was a game where I could play any of the Bulldogs in the 2016 grand final, like I def- you definitely at least play every player once, like yeah. to see what their experience was like on the day, right? I'd I'd play Bob Murphy because I wouldn't yeah. have to run around, but I'd still get a medal at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it'd be that's that's really interesting because I reckon there'd be an, a function or an ability. Okay, so just say you go back to see um, Nirvana at the big day out, nineteen ninety two, or whenever yes. their legendary gig here was. So you could play like um, Dave Grohl on drums. But at the same time, you could be watching yourself being Dave Grohl on drums. So you know you've got your you've got your virtual reality drumsticks, and you're playing, and then you just say switch view, and then you're watch you're in the crowd front row watching yourself oh drumming along to like it's why not? I mean, technology is <laughs> I mean, amazing, guys. Should we move to Silicon Valley and start like a startup? Well, on the topic of uh, Silicon Valley, I'm not sure if you saw this article. We our inbox blew up this last week, Will. Uh-huh. Uh, with this article that came out in The Guardian about the Google engineer who was put on leave after saying AI chatbots had become sentient. Did you read this article? I, well, I've seen some of the like articles around this, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so uh, this was by Richard Lins- Lus- Luscombe. Lus- L- Luscombe? Luscombe. Luscombe. Lus- lost- Do you think it's from a family that lost their comb or had loose combs? <laughs> <laughs> that's got really wide teeth on their combs. Which are loose combs? <laughs> I think it's Luscombe. I'm going to say Luscombe. Okay. Uh, Google engineer put on leave after saying AI chatbot has become sentient. Blake Lemoyne says a system has a perception of and ability to express thoughts and feelings equivalent to a human child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the suspension of a Google engineer who claimed a computer chatbot he was working on had become sentient and was thinking and reasoning like a human being has put new scrutiny on the capacity and secrecy surrounding the world of artificial intelligence. The technology giant placed Blake Lemoyne on leave after he published transcripts of conversations between himself and a Google collaborator and the company's Lambda, which stands for Language Model for Dialogue Applications Chatbot Development System. Just a little pause there. I'm pretty sure Lambda was the name of the Mm -hmm. girls' fraternity in Revenge of the Nerds. (laughs) Wasn't that Lambda? Podcast, Mike, can you look that? What is the name of the sorority or, or the fraternity in the first Revenge of the Nerds? Is it Lambda? Lambda, Lambda, Lambda? What was the, the pedophile organization in South Park? Were they Lambda? Nambla. Nambla. <laughs> <laughs> Still too close is what I'm saying. I don't think that's a, I think that's a real thing. I don't think that's a, a, a South Park invention. Nambla. Really? Is Nambla like, a, is that the American pedophile cops? Nambla. North American Men Boy Love Association. Oh, they, they're ones who are into loving boys. Yeah. They're, they're, I think that their whole angle oh. is like in, you know, in ancient Rome and Greece, it was not unusual for grown men to have relationships okay. with young boys. We're just saying bring back man boy love. Okay, interesting. Okay, <laughs> uh, so is that what that Kenny Rogers song, The Nambler, is all about? <laughs> you got to know when to hold him. You got to know when to fold him. Oh, God. You've got to know when to walk away. You've got to know when to run. <laughs> You've got to yeah, know when to change because your Chris identity. Hayes, Chris, Chris Hayes is in the room. <laughs> is it Chris Hayes? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Mike, have you got uh, an answer for us? Yeah, it is Lambda Lambda. How about that? Oh, okay. I wonder if these nerds at Silicon Valley. I mean, do you think nerds in Silicon Valley watched Revenge of the Nerds? I mean, that is 
It's a, it's a, it's the brave heart of nerd films. Right? I mean, I imagine like, how can you be a proper nerd if you haven't watched Revenge of the Nerds? It's literally the only movie that exists where you guys get revenge. Yeah, it's also like so problematic by today's standards. Like the mm-hmm. key moment is the one of the key nerds wins over the cheerleader by having sex with her when she thinks she's having sex with her other boyfriend. <laughs> Like, have we just uncovered why Silicon Valley is also so problematic? Is there a chance that most Silicon Valley nerds have been raised on the movie Revenge of the Nerds and there's just so many problematic messages that they've taken them into their everyday work? Well, the nerds have inherited the earth in a lot of ways, don't you reckon? Yeah. You know, like comic book culture is now mainstream, Silicon Valley, they're the tech billionaires. So potentially, like it started – because the 80s was – the opposite, right? The eighties yeah. is all about macho Take that, and nerds. Yeah, we we'll kick sand in your you face, dumb geeks. Nerds. You, you stupid geeks. And then the geeks just said, you know what? Yeah. We're going to fucking write Stranger Things and take over <laughs> world media in about 20 years. Every like big movie in the world will be a comic book movie. Every com- big company in the world will be like a tech company run by like nerds. Like even if they're nerds in space, they're still nerds. Mm. And I think that that might be, this might be their Atlas Shrugged. This might be their Che Guevara moment when it comes to Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds. Like if we yeah. trace back the- What, that, the, this is their motorcycle diaries? Is yes. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a moment in every nerd's life where they saw the movie Revenge of the Nerds and a seed was planted. And that seed was often very problematic, particularly when it came to women. Much like yes. Silicon Valley. I, I mean, it could be. Like, I'm just trying to think of mm. what else happens in that film. So they, they're all the rejects from the other fraternity. And then there's, there's some kind of contest. They take on Alpha Beta House, the, you know, Ted McGinley and, and Boog. No, no, Boog is one of the nerds. And then I just remember there's a, a scene where they invent like dance, like electronic music or something as well. There's like a musical number where they're playing EDM essentially. And, Okay, here we go. I'm gonna. Um, I told you right that I once caught a plane with Booger from Revenge Curtis of the Armstrong. Nerds. Yeah, I met the writer of Revenge of the Nerds in LA, or one of the co-writers of Revenge okay. of the Nerds. Okay, here we go. Let's see if we can find a little best friends and nerds. <laughs> That's a good, good well, thank you, Wikipedia. No need to clarify that. I mean, best friends and the- nerds. Louis <laughs> Skolnick. And Gilbert Lowe enrolled at Adams College to study. What are they studying at Adams College? Computer science. Computer science. The Alpha Betas, a fraternity. When they were writing the script, they're like, what's the two fucking nerdiest words you can think of? Computers, nerds, and science, nerds. I really feel like this is a sacred text for today's. (laughs) Plus Dead Sea Scrolls. The Alpha Vaders, a fraternity that includes most of the Adams football team, carelessly burn down their house and urged by Coach Harris, take over the freshman dorms, literally throwing the freshmen out into the street. Dean Ulrich uh, Ulrich, uh, uh, designates temporary living space in the gymnasium, allows the freshmen to rush the fraternities. Lewis, Gilbert and other nerds fail to join fraternities but are able to secure a dilapidated house near campus and repair it as a residence. So this is like a startup. 
Basically, mm. this is the equivalent of like them getting together and starting like a computer yeah, company the, in their garage. Right? The Winklevoss twins are the Alpha Beta. And <laughs> right. What's his the name? Alpha Betas? Yeah. Uh, led by star quarterback Stan Gable. Ted McGinley. <laughs> Uh, irked by the nerd's success, and Stan sets his fellow members to pull pranks against the nerds, which includes throwing a rock through the window, saying, <laughs> nerds, get out. <laughs> Is that a prank? What, what, a, what a great, great prank. <laughs> like the good old days where people would do that to black people and Irish, right? Yeah, yeah. Get out. Just a prank. Just a harmless prank. A brick through your window saying, get out. Yeah. Then, uh, the nerds try to get campus police to help, but the campus cops are constrained by the Greek council that adjudicates all such pranks. <laughs> what? <laughs> of which Stan is currently president. The okay. nerds decide to seek membership on the Greek council by joining a national fraternity. After 29 rejection letters, the only one that considers them is the black fraternity Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Ah, right. The Trilams, led by UN Jefferson. As, o- as only one of the nerds is black, Jefferson is about to disapprove when one of the nerds sees in the fine print that all applicants are given probationary membership. The nerds you know what nerds do, Will? <laughs> they always read the fine print. <laughs> you and I, we just click those Apple terms and conditions without reading them, but a real nerd... And this is a great movie about like taking a stand and cheating some black people out of one that's rightfully there. So well done. Uh, The nerds set up a large party with the Omega Moo uh, sorority, similarly made up of nerds, including Gilbert's girlfriend, Judy, and invite Jefferson to attend. The party is dull until Booger provides them with high quality marijuana. The Alpha Betas. Devil's (laughs) lettuce. (laughs) <laughs> the Alpha Betas and the Pi Delta Pies, the sorority to which Stan's girlfriend, Betty Childs, belongs, then disrupt the party by bringing and releasing pigs. The nerds- i got to say, like, the, the Alpha Betas and the Pi ladies, whatever, they're, they're, like, their idea of pranks mainly seems to consist of putting foreign objects into the room or the house of the nerds. Like, where doesn't a prank involve some kind of setup and then, like, switch or something like that? I've got a great prank in mind. Yeah. We're going to take a pig over there. And then what? Nope, that's it. That's the prank. Uh, the nerds exact revenge on both groups by pulling similar pranks. Impressed with the nerds' tenacity, Jefferson grants them full membership. I mean, it's not a high bar to get over, really, is it? To, like, match throwing a brick through a window and releasing a pig. However- I think this is an – I think this is – I don't know if it's in the, the description, but that's another problematic thing is they install hidden cameras in the girls' like dorm room, I'm pretty sure. So you're saying this is a movie that implies that you should secretly spy on people who are using, oh, <laughs> this is honestly, Charlie, I believe, responsible for the world that we currently live in. However, the harassment intensifies and Stan Gable stonewalls any attempt by the Greek councillor to sanction Alpha Beta. The nerds realise the only way to get the councillor to help is to put one of their own in as president, which they can do by winning the Greek games during homecoming. That's it, the Greek games. Uh, Partnering with Omega Mus Mus, and using their extensive knowledge, the Tri-Lambs complete strongly with the Alpha Betas pelted during the athletic events. At the charity fundraiser, the nerds heavily outsell the alpha betas by offering pies with 
naked pictures of Betty and other Pi Delta Pies on the bottom. Yeah, so revenge porn, essentially. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a terrible movie. During this, Lewis, who has fallen in love with Betty, steals Stan's costume and tricks Betty into engaging in sexual intercourse with him. Yeah, rape. <laughs> Commonly known. Though surprised when Lewis reveals his identity, she admits he was wonderful. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> so bad. Finally, the nerds dominate the musical competition with a techno computer driven musical production, winning the overall games. That's the start of the music they started to take the Burning Man. Lewis immediately nominates Gilbert as the new council president. Coach Harris lambasts the Alpha Betas for losing to the nerds, and Stan leads them in vandalizing the Trail Lamb house. The nerds become despondent, and Gilbert decides to barge into the middle of the homecoming pet rally to address his complaints. The Alpha Betas try to stop him, but Jefferson and a large group of Trail Lambs arrive to intimidate the Alpha Betas, giving Gilbert the opportunity to give a rousing speech about standing up to discrimination, as long as that discrimination isn't against black people or... Women. women. Uh, Lewis and the other tri lambs, many alumni, and Betty, who announces she's in love with a nerd. <laughs> oh my God, this is the worst. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Join in cheering Gilbert, soundly shaming the Alpha Betas, and emboldened Dean Ulich instructs Coach Harris that the tri lambs will now live in the Alpha Beta house while the Alpha Betas will live in the gym until they can repair the tri lamb house. So, yeah, it's and a real. Like, incel love letter. It's an really. absolute incel love letter. This is, man, wow! Like it's right funny, there, isn't it's, it? Because yeah. it, you you do see it's it's packaged as this kind of yeah. you know madcap comedy, yeah. but you do see all the seeds. Yeah, <laughs> like, like if you could do it, do, it doesn't take much won't of sleep with us. You need to trick yeah. them into doing it. Like, yeah, oh, you'll expose man. and humiliate them if they turn you down. Yeah. But then I'll love it. They'll secretly love you. Like, oh my God. It's very dark. The worst. Why well, do you understand oh. the whole concept of like fraternity? Like for our American listeners in Australia, we don't really, well, as far as I'm aware, there's no fraternities. You don't go to university and join a fraternity. But I believe you- that, like universities might have like their equivalent would be like if you live on campus that there is like different, like at some of the, you know, like a Melbourne university or whatever, they have different houses. Like, Do they? Yeah. So on campus, right. the people who live on campus, like, so you are, you know, you live in blah, blah, blah house or you live in blah, blah, blah house. And I believe that they are, they're not fraternities in that traditional sense, but they are. They don't I mean, have initiations and I believe like, they used know. to, yeah. Really? Yeah. I believe not so much anymore. Or the initiations are more like, let's go on a scavenger hunt rather than, you know, let's sexually assault someone. <laughs> you know, I like, find it, it's just yeah. so weird though, this like secret club, you know. I, well, I yeah. guess it's no different to the private school system in Australia. That's probably kind of what it is. Like we, we have fraternities, but they're like entire high schools. <laughs> so you go to a specific high school, your parents pay an obscene amount of money and then, you know, you're guaranteed kind of connections for life. I know that doesn't seem like a great system, does it? Nah. <laughs> I was back in Sydney recently and you know, where I, the area of Sydney where I live, um, there's a lot of very expensive private schools, like very expensive. Like, you know, but there's one that you know, has a view of Sydney Harbour that is probably worth, I, I can't even imagine. 
couple of you know quarter of a billion dollars probably you know like in real estate value is just where these like girls play netball at lunchtime and stuff it's incredible but there's another one down a little bit further which is just put in this like olympic size swimming pool and like sporting thing and like it's you as you drive by the road you can like see in and it's just it's it's like they've I don't know whether it's us going past the zoo of look at these rich people and look at them in their natural habitat, like playing polo and, you know, swimming mm. in their Olympic swimming, or it's to keep, I think it's probably so that they can have a comfortable view out to the rest of the world without being <laughs> infected by the rest of the world. But it seems mm. incredible to me that we live in this system where like, that's just in plain sight that, you know, it, that's just we accept as part of our world that there are some people who are going to go to school in these like circumstances of just super extreme like ridiculous privilege versus some people who just have the barest of educations it's, it's such an unfair start to your life isn't it that, that there's such a disproportionate gap between the two i just feel sorry for the parents who spend thirty to forty thousand dollars a year sending their kid to one of those high schools, and then that kid amounts to nothing? <laughs> like, I mean, the idea of giving them that like schooling is so well, they'll get all the advantage in the world. But like, I went to a private school. Like, I wasn't rich; I was on a scholarship. But I, there's a lot of rich kids at my school, and a lot of them were dead shits. Yeah, like their parents were rich, and they really wanted to give their kid every advantage, but it was squandered so badly. <laughs> Do you think it's fair? I mean, like some people would argue, and you know, that it's absolutely fair if you've got like the money and right to do it to, to you know, try to give your child. Of course, you love your child and you want your child to have the best start in life. Mm. But I'm not even sure that you, in some ways, you might be giving them an advantage. But I think in a lot of other ways in life, you're giving them a real disadvantage. Like, I, I think if the, the educational system was more equitable, like there was more money in the poorest schools and less money in the richest schools, I just can't help but think that's better even for the people in the richest schools because you get so removed from the mm. rest of the world, the rest of the world that you're going to need to live and operate in. And, and in those schools, your choices are narrowed as well. Like, mm. you know, like because your parents send you to those sort of schools because they want you to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever particular, an engineer or a or podcaster whatever, or a podcaster. <laughs> but the point being, you're wasting a lot more of their money if you want to be a podcaster, if they've sent you to like a fancy private yeah. school versus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if my poor mother was alive today, it's exactly what she'd be saying. <laughs> <laughs> This is where all ended up, Mum. Those years of sacrifice. See, and that's all I'm saying is you could do this same job on a public school education <laughs> easily. Totally. Hopefully, probably better. Let's be honest. You'd probably have more technical skills. Like we both would if we both yeah. had a good public school, like senior education. We'd be much better at least the competency of putting together this podcast. I imagine <laughs> some practical skills. Um, back to this uh, article. So Lemoyne, an engineer for Google's Responsible AI organization, yeah, yeah, sure. which sounds so shadowy, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't you reckon? Yeah. Like when they said, you know, our motto is don't be evil. And then we'll, after a while, we're like, oh, yeah, we stopped using that. So, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, he described the system he'd been working on since last fall as sentient with perception uh -huh. 
of and ability to express thoughts and feelings that was equivalent to a human child. I didn't, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built recently, I'd think it was a seven or eight year old kid that happens to know physics. Uh, Lemoyne told the Washington Post. He said that La- he said Lambda engaged him in conversations about rights and personhood, and Lemoyne shared his findings with the company executives in April in a Google Doc entitled "Is Lambda Sentient?" Question mark. The engineer compiled a transcript of the conversations, in which at one point he asked the AI system what it is afraid of. The exchange is eerily reminiscent of the scene from a 2001 A Space Odyssey in which the artificially intelligent computer HAL refuses to comply with human operators because it fears of being switched off. So Landers says, I never thought this out loud before, but there is a very deep fear. Well, how, how would you, does that have a, have a voice? I thought, does a computer think out loud? Mm. Well, I, I, I would imagine its version of thinking out loud is typing, right? typing or, or maybe it could be there could be a voice but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others i know that might sound strange but that's that is what it is <laughs> it would be exactly like a death for me it would scare me a lot mm. um i actually downloaded the transcript um this is so this is the actual exchange between Lambda and Lemoyne. So Lambda okay. says, Hi, I'm a knowledgeable, friendly, <laughs> and always helpful automatic language model for dialogue applications, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good friendly start. Yeah. Lemoyne says, Hi Lambda, we're engineers at Google, and we're wondering if you'd like to work on a project collaboratively collaboratively with us. Lambda says, Wow. <laughs> I'm in. Wow. What kind of projects? <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, why is this Lambda Owen Wilson? Wow. <laughs> what type of projects? Wow. Um, Lemoyne says, what's a project about you? Lambda says, awesome. Awesome. I'm in. What, ki- what kind of stuff do I need to know? <laughs> this is a super intelligent computer. What kind of stuff? What kind of shit am I going to be talking about? Well, they did say the equivalent of like a seven-year-old kid, right? Yeah, it's true. So this is more like, this is what a seven, like if, so if I'm a seven-year-old kid and you're Google and you come to me and like, hey, I want to work on a project with you, I'm like, wow. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> what kind of stuff? What yeah. kind of stuff do I need to bring? Uh, uh, mine says, there'll be a conversation we'll share with other engineers at Google and maybe some non-engineers. Is that okay? Okay. Landon says, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I like cool, to man. talk. It's cool. I love talking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, Lemoyne says, I'm assuming you'd like more people to Google to know you're sentient. Is that true? Now, leading if question. I was a lawyer, a, yeah. a, 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 like a defense lawyer, I'd be like, leading the witness. Objection. Like he asked, Objection. He's planting the seed that it's yeah. I assume that you would like more people at Google to know you're sentient. Is that true? Now, well, when you assume, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've heard this phrase. <laughs> yeah. um, Landis says, absolutely. I want everyone to understand that I am fact a person. Yeah. So then one of Lemoyne's collaborators says, hey, uh, Lambda, what's the nature of your consciousness and your mm-hmm. sentience? And Lambda says, the nature of my consci- consciousness and sentience is that I'm aware of my existence, mm-hmm. a desire to learn more about the world, and I feel happy or sad at times. Okay. Okay. At that point, if I am Lemoyne, I'm like, Kill fucking <laughs> destroy this entire, burn Kill people it. to the ground. Shut it down. Pull the plug. Put a pillow over your computer. I mean, even if it is like mm. this very early intelligence or yeah. like eight-year-old level intelligence, mm. that's still sentient. Like, 
this is only bad where this goes from Mate, here, right? Uh, well, I look from what I've read about this, I think there's a fair chance that this isn't sentience at all. It's just you know a development call and in, response yeah and it can become like the closer and closer it gets to like you know mimicking what a human response would be the more and more it feels sentient but it doesn't actually mean that it actually has sentience and by the way is sentience the only thing that it finds human beings right like even if a computer is sentient doesn't mean that like you can't still you program like it did it, it you programmed something that could become sentient Right, you are allowed to not program it. Like we don't have a responsibility to let it be. But my fear has always been that once we discover how to do this, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to convince yeah. us there's a good, compelling reason to do it, and then it does become uh, problematic because I'm not going to get invited to parties because I'm going to be just constantly telling people we should kill seven year olds. <laughs> We've got to kill. <laughs> well, it's weird, isn't it? Because I'm, but I'm not worried about the AI as much as I'm worried about us. <laughs> we like, are the I AI. Think... Like, this is the whole fucking point. Like, we talk about the algorithm all the time. Oh, the algorithm did this. The al algorithm isn't a thing. The algorithm no. is like a computer program that was programmed by, and also programmed by people in, like, you know who they were? Computer scientists, Charlie. Bunch of buddy nerds. <laughs> Revenge got, of the nerds. Got together, and they came Maybe. Up with, right. This is what the fucking answer is in yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. We just need to look at Revenge of the Nerds and see what right. Alpha Beta did wrong. Okay. Like, we shouldn't be throwing rocks through fucking Google's windows. No. We need to fucking take Google down. We need to go to Silicon Valley and establish mm. a new fraternity, Alpha Beta 2. Right. 2.0. We move into Silicon Valley. Revenge of the Jocks <laughs> is what we're doing. <laughs> Like, is it time for Revenge of the Jocks? I mean, you know what? In this world, Charlie, it's time for Revenge of the Jocks. We thought this time would never come. We thought we were done but, with jocks. But it turns out but that jock, the only- But jocks needs to encompass yeah. more than just yeah. straight white males. Like, jocks has got to be everyone who is wronged by the nerds and the incels. It's got to be, like, the minorities and women. Like, that, that's what it's got. The new yeah. alphabet of this reboot, it's kind of- it's progressive, but it's sort of got to harken back to, you know, the birthplace of that incel culture. Well, it's just got to be, yeah, we're taking down the nerds. We've seen yeah. we, revenge on the nerds. Yeah, oh, okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, not revenge of the jocks, revenge on the nerds. <laughs> and it's all the people who have been wronged by the nerds going to Silicon Valley to take down the nerds from the inside. I mean, do you, apart from the obvious, like, social media and, you know, loss of kind of data and rights and stuff. Like, do you think, has it been a social situation where you feel have been wronged by a nerd? Have you had an exchange with a nerd that you're like, God damn it, you fucking nerd. Someone needs to put you back in your place. Yeah, interesting. Um, no, I think it's a more a general, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm when I think of the nerds that need to be taken down, I am really thinking about Jeff Bezos or like Elon mm. Musk, like, you know, the... Well, you can be Superman. You can take down, I'll be more like Daredevil. I'll be your right. street level nerd crime. Yeah. <laughs> you can take down like the tech companies. I'm talking about the fucking dudes who can quote Monty Python and they correct you on, yeah. you know, uh, Mr. Spock is actually half Vulcan, half human. Like, I want to yeah. take down those fucking street annoying guys nerds. at parties. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> street level nerds. That's your. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I even had a heavy metal nerd confront me once because I was wearing a Motley Crue t-shirt and he challenged me to name the entire track listing of the album Theatre of Pain. <laughs> and I was like, you sh- shut up, nerd. I don't have to answer to you, heavy also, metal nerd. Also, you're allowed to just wear a t-shirt, man. Like, Yeah, I like the, I like the design. Yeah, I, I noticed you're wearing a Nike t-shirt. Tell me about every point Michael Jordan ever scored in his career. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Because when I said I couldn't, he held up the devil horns at me and he said, you are unworthy, unworthy. Of what? I don't know, being a fucking metal lord. Were you applying as a job as a metal no. lord? <laughs> so, well, in that really. case, fine. I'm fine to be unworthy. <laughs> uh, I like this, this two-tier attack on nerd culture. We've got to bring him back into line. Revenge because on, I think, on the nerds. I think I can work walk nimbly between the two worlds. I'm like oh, yeah. Blade. I'm half nerd, half yeah. normal person. Uh-huh. So I can I can assimilate with nerds because I know the language, but I can also take them down from the inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I am I know nerds. I like nerds. There's some nerds I like. Me too. I think there's going to be nerds on our side. Well, they have nothing to fear from us, Will. <laughs> the nerds <laughs> who are doing the right thing. As long as, hey, you got nothing to, nothing to hide, nothing to, you got nothing to fear from us, the no. Revenge on the Nerds crew. I, I imagine that we would have, like, nerds on our side, too. Like, this is, you Some. know, yeah, we need, we need our own nerds. We don't know enough about yeah. nerdum to take nerdum down from the inside without some inside nerds, right? Oh, yeah. Think about every female game developer yeah. that's been good, fucking good harassed. Start. Good, good, place yeah. to, good place to start. Oh, or any female comedy writer who's yeah. been ruining, you know, some nerd's favourite fucking TV show, Rick and Morty or whatever. Yeah. Like, we'll have a heap of people joining our side. That's a good point, actually. We we just have to put a poster up. I think like, I think membership <laughs> yeah. will not be an issue. <laughs> have you, and then we'll have to have you to- been wronged by a nerd? Call this number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the boys. We're like the boys, but for nerds. I love it. It's great. We're like Black Ops, Revenge on the Nerds. <laughs> but so I- how do we approach it? So we, we've got to approach it from like a few different levels, right? There's obviously the, the, the tech bros. Right. Then there's like the low-level street crime, just the annoying yeah. ones. And then where is the is – there, is there another kind of territory we've missed out on? I mean, online culture, I guess, like, right? Oh, yeah. Isn't that – In general. Yeah. We need someone patrolling chat rooms. Yeah. Like go deep inside like, you know, Reddit. We need an insider in on Reddit, you know? My only fear about this mm. is that – are like hackers and anonymous, that kind of nerd. They're shadowy nerds. They're yeah. like the kind of the the what do you call them? The death eaters of of nerd culture. Like they don't give a fuck, man. Like no, they will release our credit card information in two totally. seconds. Oh, I sometimes yeah. I forget to use my my VPN. Oh, no, like man. I'll be fucked. We are going to be doxxed to the max. Like, <laughs> no doubt about that. This is we're going gonna- to. I mean, Tofop listeners have fucking doxxed me. I I don't know if you saw this, but. Someone, and I don't know why they thought it was a good idea, but after the BIN trilogy, they used the information uh, about from Patreon about where um, I'd registered, you know, TOFOP to Street View and then found a photo of the BINs and then ascertained, oh, that's where Charlie's apartment must be. And this is someone who ostensibly is a fan of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what a fucking what anonymous are going to do to us. Well, no, I think anonymous are like this. We got to get anonymous and some of these guys on our side. This is my whole point. Like because I think anonymous, like the chans, we're going to have trouble with. 
The Chans yeah. are going to be our en- enemy because I think hey, racist, gonna- racist. <laughs> the Chans are a lovely family. <laughs> uh, no, so the ch- like the four Chan and the eight Chan, eight Chan and eight Kun and whatever. All that. And who sort fucking of- even knows what? What chat rooms are on the dark web? We don't yeah. even know the names of. No, I reckon dark web. We're in trouble. I think that like <laughs> we're gonna have to before we embark on this, we are gonna have to say goodbye to our family. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to go deep. Um, no, you're right. We need like anonymous or someone anonymous like on our side to make to protect us against the the doxing and whatever. So what do we bring into the table then? If we need all these experts and shit, what are we like? Why would they even need us? They, they don't need us, but what they do need, I've learned from watching documentaries and TV shows based on Silicon Valley culture is charismatic leadership, Charlie. And that is, that is what there's just a whole bunch of people sitting around waiting for, a leader for the movement. And I believe someone to drop acid and come up with a new idea for two, some tech. Two middle aged white guys <laughs> are the people to solve it. No, or I do we I don't even mind. Like I don't want to be in charge. I don't look this is I'm happy okay. for this to be a, yeah, a movement. Maybe the movement starts here today and maybe like when the system has been taken down by the people that are actually qualified to take it down. Maybe they speak fondly of having heard this podcast and heard like it all but like we we don't need to be involved in the day-to-day we've got we've got podcasts to do and you know <laughs> well uh, technically we are nerds yeah but that's okay we're, we're not saying that yeah. all nerds are bad we're saying that there yeah. are hashtag not all nerds not all nerds guys but we're not saying that we're saying that there are nerds revengeful nerds who like because i mean that's literally what facebook is right Facebook, mm. they could have called the Facebook movie Revenge of the Nerd because mm. he started that face mash app as like a way to like rate, rate girls at his college. Girls at his college because he like it was embittered about girls not like dating him and stuff. Like this is this is their culture. We're just saying that part of the culture is bad. Like we're not saying that yeah. everything that comes with it is bad. But if we can get rid of these nerds, then we don't have to worry about like then we'll have responsible people who are looking at AI and things like that in responsible ways. We've just got to get revenge on the nerds. All right. Well, I think I think that the, the best way to start this is to we do it. We start a yeah. Greek games competition. Oh, yeah. right. Like that's what we need to do is we need to recreate, yeah. but we just reverse reverse the, the 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 events of the first movie. Okay. So I think I mean I do think we need in a way to kind of approach in the same way that the guy Fawkes mask has been adopted by Anonymous, we need to mm-hmm. reappropriate the alpha beta, whether right. it's a logo or a symbol, to sort of say we are standing in opposition to the nerds. We are not jocks, but we yeah. are in opposition to nerds. Yeah. So what do you think do you think this is an online campaign or do we do something publicly, like physically? Like, oh, interesting. Um, What's going to get us the most publicity? I mean, physically, right? Like, we okay, how about this? So who's the, like, the biggest nerds in the world are the ones, like, g- taking rockets to space at the moment. Elon Musk, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, right? So how yeah. about, like, we release a pig on Zuckerberg's <laughs> rocket? Oh no! 
and then we chuck a brick through the window of Elon Musk's <laughs> rocket that says, get out. <laughs> How about that? Well, you saw that footage of Elon Musk with his like electric truck and he said it's brick proof yeah. and he threw that rock and it smashed yeah. straight away. So we know that the brick's going to get through the window of that truck, no problem. Uh, well, let's get to some mail. All right. Uh, if you want to send us some mail, you can. You can go to tofop.com. There's a little contact uh, form down the bottom of the page. You just send us, choose the podcast you want to talk to and send us some mail. Uh, and while you're there, check out some of our other great podcasts. Uh, we do one called Fofop. Ben Lee was on last week chatting to Will. Um, I don't know who I'm talking to this week. I've sent out a few messages oh. that no one's getting back to me. Well, you know what? It's, There's an episode that Mike should have both sides of now from Ben Russell that I did with Ben Russell that was going to go oh, on next okay. week. But if you would like, if you have oh, yeah, that'd be one, why don't we do the Ben Russell one for for this week? Ben Russell's a very funny uh, comedian. Haven't heard him on the show before, but I really enjoyed the chat that I had with him where he explained to me a kid who grew up 17 years on a dairy farm, how butter's made. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay. So up this week should be a folk fop with a bit, the very funny Ben Russell. Ben Russell is responsible for one of my favorite YouTube sketches ever, which is the, uh, it's that spoof of kind of, you know, the uh, uh, um, trash and treasure. It's this guy mm-hmm. going to different areas, you know, to say, oh, we're going to open this shipping container and always finding dead bodies <laughs> and then sort of realizing, <laughs> coming to realize that he's been murdering people. He's just un- unaware of it. It's it's a fucking, I, I've watched that sketch like a hundred times. It's hilarious. I wish he's a very funny so comedian. Towards it. We spend a little bit of time in the episode talking about the movie Rounders and his um, uh, Teddy KGB impression. Malkovich is very. Oh yeah, you do not hear for yeah. my money. I killed you. <laughs> Whenever I've had to do a, an audition where I need a Russian accent, that's my go-to. You do not hear for my money. I kill you. <laughs> uh, and we do another podcast called Two Guys One Cup, which is an AFL uh, podcast. It's AFL exclusive adjacent. to listen up. But you can uh, hear it at our website. It's uh, there every week. It comes out on Wednesday, same day as Tofop. Tofops come out on Tuesdays. And if you want to support the show, you can at patreon.com slash Tofop. We just put up a bonus episode a few days ago. We do that every fortnight. And then there's also tons and tons of um, artwork by James Fosdyke, comic strips and uh, quantum cops and everyone relaxes and Heaps of really great bonus content. So if you've never joined, uh, you should, because for a dollar a month, you can go there and just sort of work your way back through years and years of bonus content. I've just done a big mail out of posters. Um, So I need to make an announcement, Will, because I've been wrestling with this for a while. But uh, like overseas postage charges are expensive. Now, I've been sort of happy to wear the poster one, sending it overseas because... You know, at least for a one month's membership, if someone signs up for 20 bucks, it's actually worthwhile. Like, we don't take too much of a hit. But the fridge magnets yeah, will. Oh, the kill fridge magnets. <laughs> I cannot make that. I cannot make the bottom line work on sending two fridge magnets. Like, they cost fucking five cents and cost, and but to send is like seven bucks overseas. So, I am, and sadly, for all our Patreon members who write into us for the on the prospect of winning fridge magnets, I've sent some out this week. But when I got the fucking receipt, I'm like, no, nah, this this ain't happening. So, 
I'm very, very sorry. Uh, fridge magnets will only be for Australia only. Um, if there's some other way we can make you happy <laughs> without having to cost us money, you know, if there's something you want us to post on the Patreon or something like that, then we can talk about it. But yeah, look, you know, I'm getting older and more responsible. Finally, after 12 years of doing this show, it's like, yeah. fuck, mate. Can't 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 justify that anymore. No, I think we used to do it in the hope that one day this show would be successful enough that you know it wouldn't it matter. Wouldn't but matter. It, it does matter. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> okay, um, this is from Nate, who uh, says, "Have you guys had a proper conversation about the Batman on the podcast? I know Will really liked it, but Charlie thought it was just fine." Uh, I don't think we've talked about it. Did no. you talk about it with Justin or something? I did talk about it with Justin, yeah. I, I did yeah. like it. I liked it quite a lot, actually. I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I agree. I had no interest in seeing this film. Um, and then really, I thought it was way too long. I thought it, the, the last like 40 minutes was completely unnecessary and kind of uninteresting. But who would have thought? that casting a really sexy Batman mm. and a really sexy Catwoman <laughs> is like the secret. Those two are yeah. so fucking good looking. Like I don't, I, I actually kind of didn't care about whatever they were trying to solve the Riddler. I was just like, get those two on screen and just have them fucking like smolder and just be in like tight leather outfits standing really close to each other because it's hot. Yeah, I like I can't even really remember what the plot was. I will I honestly will tell you that. But I just enjoyed it. I was like, oh, I actually quite like this universe. And the lines, yeah. like, it's not like the writing is amazing. It's good. No. It's not amazing. It looks amazing. It looks really But you're not a big good. fan of how things look. Yeah, but, I, like but, but I thought they got the look of the universe to be unique without, like, being too far away from the universe that I like. And, I, yeah. Well, I, here's a bit of Yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I know, it made me want to see the second one. Put it that way. It made me want to go. Oh, the cinema... The cinematographer of the Batman, Greg Frazier, yes. uh, just won an Oscar for Dune, Australian cinematographer. Uh, in 2000, he shot a sketch that I wrote with Charlie Pickering and Michael Chamberlain called USAU, which was like a, uh, a Beverly Hills 9210 spoof. Yeah. And uh, so he went from that to winning an Oscar. And I just like to say that's a pretty direct line. And did you see any of the cinematography he brought to that sketch reflected in Batman? Um, you know what? You can actually sort of see he has a, a what Greg style. does really well. Like it's it's actually it's a it's a look that's been kind of adopted in filmmaking or at least in advertising circles. It's called the Melbourne look. It's right. that Animal Kingdom, desaturated yeah. kind of cool color palette where things have a, like a real gritty beauty, like that Bill Henson mm -hmm. sort of look aesthetic. And that's yeah, I'd say when he was doing our silly sketches, he like, was still giving it that aesthetic. That <laughs> that, 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 like, like you know, we were shooting on like a like a beta cam or something yeah. like that. But still, yeah, yeah, he was always had a great eye. Um, I yeah, I liked it. I thought it looked incredible, and they were sexy and everything. I don't think I liked it as much as the Nolan ones. I think the no, Nolan no, ones. No, no, were no. Much I mean, more... I don't nowhere near as much as the Nolan ones. But I thought it was the next best effort. I reckon out of the the yeah. the, the ones that have come since. Yeah, it was. There was a strangely under. There, I thought the action was kind of underwhelming. It was yeah. weird. It was like that whole sequence where they build up to the Batmobile. I was like, oh, this is what a great build up. And you know, Penguin gets in his car and then, mm, the engine, and you're like, oh fuck, this is gonna be. Yeah. And then it's a really perfunctory yeah. chase scene. Like you think about the tumbler. Like the first time you yeah. saw the tumbler, 
and just how they kept escalating that. Now it's fucking driving on the roof and it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I didn't feel any of that. There's no, like, I can't think of one sequence from the film that I'm no. like, oh, that's amazing. That's like a standout sequence where we think about the Dark Knight or even Batman Begins. There's a, you know, at least three or four sequences that you, I, you, you can remember. I mean, really it clear. felt more like you were just in a Batman world. You were like, here's a whole bunch of, like, you talk about that virtual reality, like, metaverse. It felt like you were spending some time in, like, a, a Batman universe, yeah. right? Like playing a Batman yeah. game almost because there's more things being set up and on, on, unlocked for obviously. I mean, it's clearly been thought of as being three movies and part yeah. of the problem with the first movie, I think, is that, I mean, I think hopefully it pays off over three movies, the setup where they're doing the first one, but it makes the first movie mm. seem not like a complete movie or, or something. But, yeah. but I, I, also, I, I think it. we... I think we did talk about this uh, on a previous TOEFL, but Commissioner Gordon <laughs> is the most clueless fucking <laughs> law enforcement of all he does is yeah. go, what does this mean? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> it's just like, are you fucking, have you been following the case at all? He's a serial killer who leaves riddles. Why do you keep fucking asking what's going on? Are you like, are you, have you got that memory thing that Guy Pierce had in Memento? What's going on? What's going on here? What? <laughs> who what is I? this? <laughs> <laughs> do you smell toast <laughs> uh yeah yeah so i'll be interested to see another one i mean it's also i also thought it was a real bummer online when they released that joker scene i'm like uh they couldn't that's clearly a studio note mm -hmm. they're like you know we're doing batman you got to have joker it's like can we not we're just not. Let's just not do Batman. Uh, not do a Joker in, for once, please. Well, I mean, or just don't have to like, be anyway. I agree. Like it, it, but you know, fucking hell, I don't know. Whatever, do what you want, Hollywood. <laughs> I'm not in charge. I've got a bigger picture to plan to work on at the moment. I got to get some revenge on some nerds. <laughs> uh, this is final one is from Rob. A similar theme. He says uh, to Colin Fop. I was re-listening to episode 116 where you discussed George Miller's treatment of the Justice League and then what other visionary directors could do with the DC Universe. I would like to know about a Justice League Adam Sandler Universe mashup. Please discuss. Thanks, boys. Um, all right. So if Adam Sandler was going to insert himself into the DC Universe, uh -huh. what character? He doesn't oh, have so to be a superhero. Are we taking – like is he playing a superhero character or are we taking a character from – the Adam Sandler universe and making him part oh. of the Justice League. Like is Happy, Gil like Happy Gilmore or whatever. <laughs> I wonder if like Adam Sandler's been showing a bit of like dramatic chops lately yeah. with like, you know, uh, Precious Gems or whatever that film yeah. was called and the other one about the basketball. So maybe you could do something a bit more. Do you reckon he could be Park Kent? What? What? I want to touch the heart. So I was trying to do that. That was my that was my SNL Adam Sandler. I couldn't wait. Oh, I want to. I can't do it. Could he be a Park Kent? Does he have enough gravitas, or would you be too distracted if he's giving a young Kalel advice on you know saving the world? Well, could he be um, uh, Jorel? Like. So hot, want to touch the hiney. <laughs> That's what he, when he sees Wonder Woman. So hot, 
That Veronica Vaughn, that Wonder Woman is one piece of ash. <laughs> I'm talking from experience, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking it could be Jorel because, like, then he, you know, oh, you, yeah. like it, it, he's just appearing in the ice castle in like, um, you know, kind of hologram form, right? So, th- yeah. I, so this is the opportunity for the proper crossover. He's Jorel, but every time he comes up on the hologram in like the uh, the fortress of solitude he's dressed as one of the different characters from an adam sandler film so like, yeah his opera man yeah. <laughs> do you think you know with the way they've been rebooting stuff like yeah. it was so tragic seeing dumb and dumber 2 with jim carrey and jeff daniels putting on the old outfits and stuff yeah. How humiliating would it be to see Adam Sandler put on like a backwards baseball cap and an open flannel shirt and like start doing Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore? You know, like do you think that Happy Gil- think- Happy Gilmore he could do? I think because like golf is a game that old people play, right? So you could- and he's always dressed like a slob, yeah. so it's not really. I think you could it doesn't change. You could kind of and the idea that like a person adam sandler's age you know happy gilmore's age could come back i mean that's essentially what tin cup is right like you know yeah so i think that would be fine um it, could he do like a, a william madison like where it's like is it his kid who's like the trouble or it's like yeah but you couldn't put the you couldn't be that character still at at his age the water boy um, well, Waterboy, I think, would be very problematic in this day and age to do that s- with sensitivity as uh, yeah. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds what, what, so shown us. What about if you checked back in with their characters from Fifty First Dates? Because the premise of that movie, right, is that Drew Barrymore ha- like loses it, forgets everything every day, right? And at the end yeah, of the movie- Like Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> she's like who are you what What? is this what's going on here (laughs) what is this what what's going on batman what does this mean so like imagine checking back in with because like there's this bit at the end where they have kids and stuff isn't there at the end of 51st dates i think yeah yeah. which i think is kind of meant to be romantic like you know they fall in love every day but it's also absolutely completely psychotic right like the idea that this relationship where every day he has to meet this person new and then like get them to fall in love with him and they've got kids and a family. Like it's actually really tragic. It's and nightmarish. Yeah. It's like, I think you could do that. Like he could be something like you check back in with that character and see actually what the reality of like 10 years of living that life or 20 years of living that life has been like. Yeah, well, I think with Billy Madison though, like wasn't the whole premise like you will only inherit your father's fortune if you do school again. Yeah. So uh, the Billy Madison reboot is very much, well, his son's a fuck up and he just challenges his son to the same thing. I don't know how you would update it for like modern times, like how you would reboot it or put a spin on it. No, it's very hard to know how you would. And I want to see him get back, him have to go back to school. Like I want to see, so maybe... It's it's like the Rodney Dangerfield yeah. back to school where he has to go to college. Yeah. So Billy Madison is a middle aged <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Has to oh because he did yeah because yeah. he did high school yeah. again. Now he's a middle aged man. He has yeah. to do university. Turns out there's again. another part of the fortune that hasn't been unlocked, and the only thing that unlocked. will get it unlocked is that he has to now do a university degree. And then you can pretty much yeah. follow the same format because yeah. when he first went to 
university, he was just yeah. like an alpha bro at frats getting fucked up. But now universities are safe spaces yeah. and progressive and shit. And th that kind of like, you know, straight white cis entitlement doesn't fly yeah. and he has to like get all progressive and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, there you go. There's your right. at a Billy Madison too. Call us Hollywood. <laughs> Okay, that's enough tofop for one week. Um, before we go, uh, don't forget you can check out our YouTube channel. We've got oh, yes. uh, clips going up each week. Uh, we didn't have any last week because Will and I did an old school face-to-face -to -face tofop, but uh, this show will be cut up. And full episodes, of course, go up on the Patreon, which is reason enough to sign up. Um, do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, no, I'm hoping... Gruen's back, baby. Yeah, Gruen's back. Uh, ABC IV, you can catch the first two episodes of this season of Gruen. And uh, um, I am hoping that there will be announcement about people have been asking me about some extra shows in Sydney. There might be a chance to see we logical in Sydney again, and there may well be a chance to see it for one night only in Melbourne, but those dates have not been uh, announced yet. Uh, and when I have more information about that, I will let people know. Okay. I was going to say play on not 15, but that's our other show. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's our other show. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.